Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name's Kat. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and try to work out why we like the things we like. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some bonus episodes in between uh, our next season uh, at the moment. And so last week was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to talk about uh, returns and revivals of shows. That's right. Uh, this week we'll actually be talking about full-on reboots. Reboots. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's been very common lately in the oh year of 2019. I mean, it's been really common about the last 10 years. Actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that reboots have always been popular. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. If you think about things like... Okay, maybe they've been really popular the past 20 years. Okay. Because there's been things like Charlie's Angels got a oh, reboot right. like, as yeah, a movie. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, was a show yeah. in the 70s. Like, any kind of comic book property. Which is getting rebooted again. Of course. But, like, any comic book property gets rebooted a million times, including in comic books. So, like... That's true. You that know, is very true. Think about how many versions of TV show of, like, comic book characters have been on TV shows. Dozens oh, yeah. Of them. I mean, that that's also an issue with licensing in terms of certain um, yeah, studios yeah, holding yeah, blah, the rights blah, 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 and they need to keep using the properties after every four years or lapsing the rights back to the original owners. But even things like, you know, the original Battlestar Galactica started in like the 70s and then they did a reboot in the 80s as well and then they did another reboot in the 2000s. I didn't realise it was the second reboot. Oh, it was terrible. Um, Wait, but was isn't it kind of a continuation? Uh, it was kind of a continuation. But they, you know, recast Starbuck as a woman and other things like that. Oh, wait, no. The, the, the newer reboot, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not a continuation. Oh, I thought I thought Adama was like no, the young captain. No, it sort of paid homage to the idea that there had been another Cylon War many years earlier. Yeah, yeah. But the they don't really line up. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Um, and it's a different world. It's a very different um tone and feel and everything. Mm. Um, and it's amazing. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> but I mean, the, the point being that um. I think reboots have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, they have. As long, I mean, like, as, long as we've we've wanted to retell stories that we like, and you know, originality is something that maybe doesn't exist. Possibly, but there are concepts that are fresher and newer and haven't been dealt with in certain ways or presented in a certain fashion uh, that can feel almost original, but maybe just because they haven't been the same rebooting again and again and again. Exactly, exactly. So, what we're going to talk about today is a show that has been rebooted for the second time. Mm-hmm. Well, rebooted for the first time. It's been around once before. And that show is Roswell. Oh, I am what I am. I'll do what I want. But I can't hide. I won't go. I won't sleep. Uh, so, uh, I would 
like to give you a little bit of history about Roswell. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a little bit of this from a previous episode of Jane. That's right. That I have me. given it to you once before, um, back I think probably during Guilty Pleasures. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I think this was around the same time that Smallville first popped up because you were like, this is, I think, my Smallville. Yes. Roswell, the original Roswell, which came out in 1999, that was definitely my my. Smallville. It's my trashy teen drama. With supernatural elements. With supernatural elements that maybe isn't super high quality. But I'll actually go back a little bit further because Mm -hmm. this whole franchise is actually based off a series of novels. Oh, yes, yes, yes. um, Called Roswell High. It was written by Melinda Metz um, and developed through a publishing company called Pocket Books, who actually came up with the concept and then got a writer in to do it. Um, So, uh, and that was sort of, um, they were first published in 1998, so the series came only a year later. Oh, so they would have been quite popular, I'm guessing, at the well, time. Well, yes. Or maybe just, like, the right exec was like, this is a good idea. Yeah, I think it might have been more like that. I once tried to find these books to read them mm-hmm. um, when I worked at a library <laughs> and tried to make the best of the interlibrary loan system, and I could only find one of them. Wow. Um, so it's a series of books released over two years from 1998 to 2000. Um, there were like eight of them or so. Mm-hmm. And I think I found like the sixth of them to read. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Shame. Like it was fine. It was yeah. very much a, um, a a young adult. Novel. Kind of younger young adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Novel. Yeah. It was fine. It's Look, it's enjoyable enough. It was then adapted for television in 1999 to run on the WB um, in the show called Roswell. They dropped the word high. And that was actually developed and run by Jason Kadams, who wrote and was responsible for Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. Oh, right. Um, so it may not feel like the same time when you no. watch them, but <laughs> not at all. he was heavily involved. Uh, those two shows... There are some commonalities. Yeah, those two shows, I can see them being <laughs> of the same DNA. Roswell, not so much. So Roswell was produced in 99 and ran until 2001. 2002, in fact. It ran for three se- three seasons. It was actually cancelled after the second season, but then was bought by UPN in a package deal with Buffy when Buffy moved to UPN. Oh, I remember you mentioning this. Yeah. Um, and it, but it only lasted one season um, oh. on the UPN. Well, they got another season. Cancelled. Yeah. Was oh. this third season horrible? Uh, it was not fab. <laughs> I mean, the show already wasn't necessarily high quality. Yeah. How much more of a dip are we talking? I Would don't... you tell people to stop after two? I don't rewatch season three when I watch it. Um, there's but, like one episode that I really love in there, mm-hmm. one or two maybe. Like I think it gets better toward the end. But so the s- maybe if you really like Roswell, you could watch that third season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roswell in general probably doesn't need to be watched without a nostalgia value attached to it. And mm. um, we'll talk more about it. In a bit, yeah. um, because I did make you watch the first episode of that as well as the first episode of the new Roswell, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, that was um, that show. It was really fun. It was really, you know, teen and boppy. Um, it could never really find a good balance between um, the sci fi elements and the teen drama elements. It didn't do that very well. Um, but I enjoyed it. I watched it as a youngin and then rediscovered it as a teenager and then I watched it on occasion. 
Roswell, New Mexico is a new series. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically been rebooted again in 2019. It ran, it started in 2018. Did it? Oh, maybe. It's a a mid-season. Oh, no, sorry. It started in January 15th, 2019. (laughs) Um, And that airs on the CW. So obviously that being the child of the WB basically. Um <laughs> they they obviously still own the rights to the franchise. Mm. It's executive produced and mostly run by Karina Adley McKenzie, who is new to the role of being an executive producer, but has previously written on the originals and did one episode of The Flash. Um I'd be curious to know which episode. The Once and Future Flash? I think I know that one. I'd have to check. It was from twenty seventeen. So it must have been season I one. I've seen it, definitely. Um, um, that was before she moved on. Oh, no, it was after she worked on the originals. Because I, I quite like the first season of the originals, actually. Well, this, and she's got one of those interesting stories where she actually, she did that whole working her way up thing. So she started as a story editor on the, on the originals and then wrote 14 episodes and then was an executive story editor as well. So she clearly, you know, worked her way up through the ranks of the originals and is now a showrunner on Roswell, New Mexico, which is great. Uh, it was a season three episode, oh, um, right. but, uh, yeah, no, I, I do quite like that one. Uh, it's basically just like, a, a, he accidentally travels into the future and it's a little, um, post-apocalyptic. As you do. Yeah. Um, this version of Roswell, New Mexico is a little different to the other previous versions. It Roswell is. High, the books and the original, um, TV series were set in, uh, you know, the characters were high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's obviously all set in Roswell, the town. They obviously oh, the, definitely we got the state after it and everything now. Yes, correct. Um, and the famous site of a UFO crash back in the nineteen forty nine. I think is it nineteen forty seven? Oh, no, you're right, nineteen forty seven. There you go. Hmm. So obviously the uh, the location of the nineteen forty seven UFO crash, and the idea is that these characters were kept in pods after the crash and emerged later. However many years later, depending on um, <laughs> when it's set, <laughs> when it's set, um, as young children, and were then raised in amongst the humans, but have special powers. Um, one interesting note that I've only just discovered actually is that in the original TV show, Liz was um, Liz Parker. That was her name, mm-hmm. um, and in this version, her name is Liz Orteco, and mm-hmm. they've made um, her family come from an illegal immigrant Mexican background. Yeah, I actually just discovered that in the original books, her name was Liz Orteco. So they've actually returned back to the um, source material for mm. her name and background, and which heritage. I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they changed that. I mean, just racism, I think. Uh, just a know, little bit of whitewashing. Classic late 90s whitewashing. So I'm glad that they've moved that back. And that sort of is the recontextualized focus of this series, is the idea of... Um, immigration in how it relates to the real world in terms of Liz's family being undocumented immigrants and also in relation to aliens who obviously crashed on earth and are not meant to be there. Um, I'll give you a little quick rundown of the characters and how the initial series went. um, Mm -hmm. And then that'll kind of be the only context that I'll give. And then we'll just talk about, you can give me a really quick rundown of what happened in the pilot of the new series. And then we can go from there. So in the initial series, uh, Liz uh, is shot at at the diner where she works, at the diner that her parents own um, while she's working there, and she's healed by Max's alien powers. 
um, we learn that Max, his sister Isabel, and his friend Michael are aliens who don't necessarily know anything about where they've come from. Liz and her friend Maria both become kind of allies of these aliens. As time goes on, their friend Alex joins them in that and they become this little unit. Um, They discover that there was a fourth alien in the pods named Tess and she um, comes to join them as well, but she is kind of a bad guy and she kills somebody and then they send her away, but then she comes back and she was pregnant with Max's baby. Um, and then they give the baby up for adoption and send, I can't remember what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's all very teen drama and dramatic. Um, and the series kind of, the, the actual original series ends with, um, the whole core team of, Max, Isabel, Michael, Liz, Maria, and Kyle Volunti, um, the sheriff's son, all running away from Roswell to kind of live on the land because they're being chased by alien hunters. Jeez. Um, and Max and Liz get married. Um, so that's kind of how that initial series all went. Um, like I said, it took a lot of... Uh, Were they? Was it just after high school? No, it was in high school. So, yeah, but they were, like, kind of about finishing... Oh, the, the last years. episode was their graduation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. They graduated and then took off. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the initial series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this reboot is a complete reboot. Um, it throws all of that away and kind of starts again, but obviously has been set 10 years after high school. Mm-hmm. They are attending their high school reunion um, and and basically the events of the events that happened in that first novel or first episode have now been moved or later in their life. So um, beginning this series, nobody knows about aliens except for the aliens. Take it away. Thank you. Uh, it's going to be hard not to repeat the same information because very similar things happen. Correct. However, in this episode, uh, we meet Liz Ortega, who is... Ortega. Ortega, sorry. I'm thinking of a Altered Carbon character <laughs> um, who is uh, pulled over by Max, a childhood friend, someone who she kind of know, and she was about to pull up into her, you know, crazy political correctness, racial profiling rant, but then realised who it was. Hmm. Um, she's uh, on her way back from Denver and, uh, you know, meets her dad, who's running the Crashdown Cafe, which is still alien-themed like it was in the original show, mm-hmm. and he's like, if you want to help me out, you got to wear the antennae. So she helps out her father with some crazy alien antennae in a waitress costume, uh, where after closing up, Max runs into her, um, wanting to connect, I suppose, uh, and then a shooting happens uh, into directly into the restaurant. Uh, it does seem to be uh, racially, uh, potentially... Um, driven or it could be related to an incident that happened with her younger sister. Older uh, sister. With her older sister. They looked like twins. They just looked very similar. I mean, they'd be like a year apart. Okay. They're not far apart. Um, uh, many years ago, uh, which was involved with a, um, a car crash incident. I wasn't exactly sure on the yeah. details yet, but yeah, she was involved in drugs and drinking and um, uh, killed some of the kids. And so in this town, her father is not necessarily beloved. And I can imagine that, uh, Liz also had that similar experience as trying to convince him to leave this place, but he doesn't want to. He remembers all the good things about this place. Because she got shot, he's like, oh, no, I'll hear you with my magic power hands. 
It's just ketchup, don't worry, it's mm. fine. And he convinces her in this one that she's actually... Well, Instead of just, in the previous one, he just douses her with it and then just like, ugh, it's and fine, run away. tries to make her lie. In this one, he actually tries to convince her. Yeah, uh, much better job of that this time around. Um, but he is wounded uh, or exhausted from using his powers. He mentally calls out to his sister Isabel, who's mid-foreplay with her husband. And ultimately, uh, they come together and... He wants to tell Liz everything. They get really mad at him. We, I introduced to Michael, his other brother, who seems like a bit more of a degenerate. <laughs> and uh, then basically what ends up happening is Liz confronts Max about everything. She also happens to be a scientist who mm-hmm. works in DNA, I'm She's guessing. like a biologist or something. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, this is weird. I've got a glowing handprint on my chest. Um, and... Um, he just decides to tell her everything, take her to a abandoned mine, show her the stasis pods, tell her everything that happened. And even that uh, the younger brother was didn't make it into the adoption with them, has been bouncing around foster care. And it all comes kind of to a climax uh, at the um, high school reunion, uh, the 10-year high school reunion, where we see Maria and I have a little bit of a moment. Um I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to what actually else happens in this first episode? Not a lot, to That's be perfectly it, honest. isn't it, really? Uh, it's sort of like they reveal it and... Kyle's got a bit of a plot line. We do see her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who happens to be a doctor and, you know, Brenda's running tests and he saw a handprint and that meant that he has to call a secret sheriff, uh, Sergeant Mains, and mm-hmm. introduces him to an entire Aliens conspiracy project where the crash actually did happen and they covered it all up. Cover up! That's the word I was trying to figure out when I wrote my notes. I was like, what do you call it? you hide it um and he's just like whatever and this is tyler from vampire diaries Ah! um and yes i'm struggling to remember where this episode Um, ends so kind of at the at the reunion we see um michael reunites with Alex, who is his... Um, uh, not sure what he is. They had some kind of relationship uh, in high who, school. Who's back from um, um, uh, war and uh, now has a prosthetic leg. Yep. Um, and and the, the episode kind of ends with um, Max kind of going, I'd really like to pursue something. But you can't kiss me because you might want to kiss me just because of our mental link right now yes. in terms of why this is all actually happening. Uh, and she's like, okay, one week. Then I'll, I'll kiss you the next day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and is and Isabel is very firm with Max that he can't be with her. He can be with anyone else, but mm-hmm. not her, because there are too many secrets. At the end of the episode, they're like, "No, yes, we can't talk about what happened with her sister." Correct. Which they were feeding us that pretty clearly. Yeah. They didn't need to spoon feed us the last line of the last episode, but I guess that made something more happen yeah. <laughs> to bring us back. In. I think. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah, the, the first episode of the original series, uh, there was a bit more that was happening. There's a bit suppose. more plot. Yes. But there was more character, I guess, uh, trying to depth, depth deepen <laughs> and uh, um, really uh, see how the dynamics were. I enjoyed seeing the relationship between uh, Liz and her father mm. uh, and how he feels about the town. Um, you know, it was uh, interesting seeing, you know, a bit more of the dynamic of how these kids are now that they're not kids, they're, they're young adults. And the fact that Max has taken on this role of protecting them, not telling anyone anything, always staying here and protecting them. But, you know, if there's this one person that he's going to blow it all secret over, it's like, oh, and, and how he feels or cares for Max and, you know, covers up his problems or deals with that. And the fact that he's uh, 
you know, extended his own um, family mission to be his career mission that he enjoys helping people. Um, and I, I do, I do like some of this mentality, but it is, it is very strange. Uh, I shouldn't have watched them so closely together <laughs> because I started confusing what happened in one and what happened in the other. Sure. Um, but first off, uh, it being a reboot, I am very happy that they diversified the cast a bit more. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, uh, Liz's character, but also Maria, her best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, the, the fact that was Liz's dad ever in this with any, any parents ever, ever in the yes. original show? Yes. Because we, I feel <laughs> we didn't see any of them in the pilot but or yes, in the, the episode that I saw or possibly in the episode that you saw, but, um, Liz's parents definitely play a role. Max and Isabel's play, parents play a much larger role in the original series. Mm-hmm. And we do see, um, Max and Isabel's mother in the Rosemont New Mexico series a bit later on as well. So yeah, the parents definitely did play a role in the original and will again in this one, but um in a different in a very different way, you know, it's not a you know, a big part of the original series is always like, oh, I've got to keep these secrets from my family because, you know, I'm a teenage girl and my privacy and I've got to do what I want and you can't tell me what to do and blah blah blah. Mm. Whereas in this one it's more of a I've got to protect the ones I love type situation Hmm. and on that as well uh they've also expanded um uh, sexuality orientation Mm -hmm. um so the fact that uh michael i know this because i read on wikipedia every once in a while on wikipedia i just look up lgbtq characters in television shows (laughs) and i see what's come out that year and i'm just like okay is there anything else i haven't seen yet Uh, and then that's one of the reasons i was like oh Roswell, New Mexico. It's also one of the reasons why I was like, yeah, you probably like it. <laughs> and I was like, bisexual. Okay. Which also actually led me into seeing that it, there's a Pretty Little Liars sequel show. I didn't oh, yeah. realize there Pretty was a Pretty Little Liars, Liars sequel show. Yes. Yes. And that one of the central characters of that is a gay kid, yes. I think, uh, of that little band. Yes. Also on the topic of Pretty Little Liars, um, Alex in this show is Caleb on Pretty Little Liars, who you may not have met yet, but is like, I think from the time he arrives in the show is like in it forever. He's oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, and I don't I'm think I have. A little bit in love with him. More so in Pretty Little Liars than on this show, but well, I think it's possibly just because he's gay on this show. So yeah, I, mean, I think he's... it's like my brain has kind of switched off and gone like, well, he's not for me. Um, <laughs> um, doesn't stop some ladies. Uh, but I, um, I, uh, I do, I do like to see that happening a little bit more because, like, little gay boys often relate to these these girls kind of characters, and they want to be part of the group. They're not allowed in the girls' bathroom, and let mm. them be part of the little group. Uh, although I, I don't, I watched the trailer for Pretty Little Lies Perfectionist, and I was like, "Damn it, I spoiled something for me here." Oh yeah, what did you do that for? <laughs> I was just curious to see which characters would have been oh, carrying over in this idiot. show. That's totally going to ruin so many things for you. But. I knew she was... Uh, well, not just that, there's other things. No, but I don't really know. I still don't know anything about the other characters. Oh, maybe one other thing. You're a fool. <laughs> You're an absolute fool. Hey, you accidentally do... You do this to yourself on purpose. Yes, but I don't care. You do. <laughs> anyway. Um, back to Roswell. Back to Roswell. Um, but no, yeah, no, it's 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 nice to see that kind of dynamic because not only is like, ooh, I'm gay, I want to see gay characters. No, I, I like seeing more evidence of bisexual characters mm. as well, actually, on shows because that's another... E- experimental not experiment that's a very bad word to use in terms of that another exposure that is something that's been lacking on television um because uh in both uh, homosexual communities uh gay and lesbian it can be even uh, worse favorably looked on uh Mm. than in uh the heterosexual population 
hashtag buy ratio is is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I, I straight off the bat, I was just like, oh, I like this Liz. She's fiery. I do. I think that's one of the main things that they really improved on is, don't get me wrong, I love Sherry Appleby, but the original Liz... Couldn't stand her. <laughs> I watched the second episode. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is why I didn't like the show." <laughs> I mean, I get the diary entry as a monologue, uh, but you're talking about alien cons. Don't write it in your fucking journal. She's just. Does anyone find that journal? Because if that's not, that's stupid. Probably. Okay, sorry. <laughs> not that I remember being a specific plot point, but it seems like a thing that might have happened. They kind of dropped the diary writing eventually in a very Vampire Diaries type way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like, okay, we're, we're, we don't need this but anymore. But it was very, like, that diary writing, like, it's such a cliche. Of the time. Of the time. Yeah, very much, very much. We still opened with a bit of a monologue here. Like, we did. seeing the crash site and then Liz giving us, you know, um, Oteca giving us a bit of a rundown on the town and what it's like. Mm. Um, I don't think it was necessary. I think no, I don't think it was either. I didn't think we even needed to see the the crash no. because I I for one it was still not really um you know I was never in this hullabaloo I didn't really watch the x-files of the alien conspiracies and all this sort of stuff like I think there was a brief like four months of my life where me and my friends were trying to um uh, figure out if aliens existed and just like looked at like borrowed every single book on aliens that were in the library it's surprising how many books are on aliens in a, in a public school library um but um yeah, no, it was never really a big thing for me. And mm. I did find that in comparison between the two shows, I think that's something that might be lacking a little bit in terms of the time that uh, the original Roswell came out. You know, X-Files was still hot and, you know, government conspiracies were, were much m- more like, you know, a kind of more elusive excitement, cool person mm nerd thing that, you know, some people kind of knew about, not everyone knew about or just brushed off or were coming up with conspiracies about every other little thing. Um, and... You know, in the original sh- uh, show's pilot, the uh, presence of, of Roswell as a town and bringing, attracting this kind of mm. alien fan investigators and, you know, you've got that guy. I can never remember the name of that guy. He plays the dad in... Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking he about. Plays, he plays... Uh, oh, I can't remember his name in Alias. I loved him in Alias yeah, so much. Yeah, he was Marshall in Alias. Marshall in Alias and he was the he, dad yeah. in um, The Runaways. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, it... it uh, but even the whole fanfare of uh, the fact that there was uh, a crash, like the the time the crash festival, yeah. Stuff. I think what they do in more, I think they do it in almost a more interesting way in the new one. In terms of they make it a little subtler with the the guy doing the podcast. I thought it was a little in your face, as opposed yeah. to more natural. This is kind of how the town is. Well, I, I I agree. He was a little bit more arch than necessarily was within the tone of the rest of the show. But what I did enjoy is those little jokes where he's like, the government, conspiracies, capitalism, blah. But also, here's, here's a word from our sponsors. Yes, yes. Like, I felt like it was very um, kind of tongue-in-cheek, the idea that that sort of part of the town, it's probably why he does it, but also he's out to make a buck. Yeah. Um, everyone in the town's probably out to make a buck. Nobody really believes in the whole alien thing. I mean, I do I do like the fact that he was also uh, drawing um, clear comparisons uh for us, uh, the audience, if we weren't really getting the um, the symmetry between alien immigrants and Mexican immigrants, uh, yes. uh, it's like, you know, they're coming to steal our jobs. And I was yes. like, aliens are not coming to steal your jobs. Well, I guess technically he's a 
deputy sheriff or whatever. But um, it's uh, I, I did like that element of it, mm. of like talking about the things that it would be awkward to talk about in conversation or clearly being like, we're talking about this theme now. Yeah. Um, so that is a more natural way of bringing it up, but it being there and just randomly popping up didn't feel natural. He's just in the diner. Why would you record a podcast in I a did have diner? That I did have that thought. I was like, you've got terrible ambient There'd noise in there. so much noise. Like, we're in a soundproof room right now. I know, I know. I did think that that was a bit silly. But I mean, some people record absolutely anywhere. And I've uh, been listening to Battlestar Galacticast. Uh, sure. With Trisha Helfer. Helfer? Helfer. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who plays number six in Battlestar Galactica. And, um, Wait, she runs the podcast? She's the co-host. Huh. Uh, she does it with her friend who uh, did the Entertainment's Weekly recaps week to week. I see. Uh, and That's they cool. kind of ran into each other at comic book conventions and then they just kind of decided to do this and Sci-Fi is sponsoring them. Oh, nice. Um, so uh, they get a little ads for other Sci-Fi podcasts or things in there. But they've made a travel pack podcast. So no matter where she's going, where she's shooting, it can kind of like come with her or they'll like pop on a guest ca- Basically all the actors of the show are going to be on it. Yeah, They're currently, uh, I think, just past season two. Yep. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's interesting to note that they've got actually an orange travel pack <laughs> podcast portable kit. Nice. So when they go to record podcasts, um, they're just like doing the lounge room or they'll just go somewhere else and be like, okay, who's got the laptop? Where can we watch Battlestar Galactica? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Since we're kind of on that topic, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of interesting things that we can talk about in terms of this immigration subplot and the reason why it matters here as opposed to in the original one where it kind of didn't. Um, I think that the original Roswell was very um, surface level. Yes. Um, The alien subplot kind of symbolised otherness in a very teenage way. Um, The idea that, you know, there's basically these two groups of people who aren't necessarily interacting um, and then this is kind of how their worlds collide. So you've got the alien group who don't trust anybody. You've got this other group of people, the kind of um, Liz, Maria, Alex group, and then they kind of have to learn to intertwine and learn with each other's differences and that kind of thing. I think that that's a very teen identity story type yeah, way I mean, to look like, at it. In, in a very uh, simplistic way looking at, you know, appreciating other people who are different exactly. from different heritages or cultures or things yeah. like that, even though they don't really have much heritage or culture because they don't really know where they're from. No, but the idea that they're different. Yeah, yeah, it's just the idea yeah. that they're different. Um, and I think that that, is, that kind of makes sense for the time when um, immigration wasn't a particularly hot topic and just generally xenophobia not being such a major cause for fear um, mm. and that kind of thing, which at the moment it is because of the world that we're living in. And um, I'm so glad you said it because I was thinking that the word was agoraphobia, but that's afraid to leave the house. Yeah, and that's agoraphobia. Damn it. So close. Um, I'm not sure what agoraphobia is. I don't think it's <laughs> Um uh, this this version, I think, takes from where we are in the world right now, definitely, um, and uses the otherness or alienness um, for the immigration allegory. Um, and and like I said, I think it's a little heavy handed with that conspiracy theorist stuff, um, and also with Sergeant Maines, his little speech at the end where he talks about these are a, these are a vicious people. They don't care about us. They don't care about our lifestyle. They're here to blah blah blah. I think that that was also very much. Um, meant to be taken as that really, really intense um, right-wing propaganda um, that you hear people speaking about, you know, um, other cultures as just being brutal forces, basically. Mm, mm. Um, 
And I think it's interesting that they've kind of taken this story out of the realm of the personal into the political in a way that's very, very current. Um, people are always saying now that the personal is the political um, in terms of the way that we live our lives can't just be like, well, I choose to live my life this way. No, every act that we make is a political statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's important when you look at the way that each of these characters relates to their otherness. Um, so you've got kind of Max and Isabel um, kind of represent the idea of integrating into society or passing, um, which is, you know, uh, and again, I'm white. I'm really white. I'm really sorry if I say any of this wrong. Please come at me with all of your corrections. Um, but the idea that they have integrated into this society, whether the society necessarily wants them or not. Assimilated. Um, assimilated, yep. Um, and that's sort of one way that some people deal with their otherness when they come from somewhere else. Um, and that is also sort of um, verbalised and shown in the kind of traditional immigration plotline with uh, Liz's father, who's mm-hmm. also done something similar. He's, he, yeah, yeah. He, he, lo- he loves the town. He really appreciates what he has here. Um, he throws he, into that real American kind of like diner. Totally, American totally. Um, and he doesn't want to leave. Um, this is his home, basically. So I think we've got Max, Isabel, and Liz's dad, I can't remember his name, um, who are kind of showing this um, integrated passing side of mm-hmm. the debate. Right, yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, Liz and Michael in in some ways who show the other side of it, which is that they um, want to be connected to their history, to their past. They refuse to be um, kind of walked all over. Yeah, they're not quiet. Um, they're not quiet mm. about it. Um, Liz is very open about like, you know, I know what racism is and I will not be put, I will not put up with this. I will call it um, out. Yeah. I will call yeah. it out. And Michael's very similarly. He's like, I don't care about what happens in Roswell. This is not my home. I, I want to find out more about where we come from. Um, and I think that that's... Which you saw in uh, the reboot episode in terms of, you know, he's got this trailer, mm. uh, which the Air Force was uh, apparently taking the land. Uh, and so, like, he's got to move. But that means that's where he had an awkward run-in with his... Kind of, that's not really sure yet because I haven't seen the rest of the first season, but I think yeah. I kind of... Um, uh, of, like, him peeking through, like, newspapered-up windows and be like, are, are, you, are you cooking meth? What are you doing? And I was yeah. hoping for a Breaking Bad reference. I mean, it was just hanging out there. Um, cooking meth in a trailer. Come on. But, I mean, um, it's not just a Breaking Bad meth reference. It's, like, a life reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, how meth is generally done. People do. Um, but um, it was, uh, you know, you see, evident, like, sh- uh, shards of the ship from the crash. And, exactly. like, he's been, like, you know, researching and, and, and all these calculations and papers. And we see that he's not really involved in the community, in no, his he's lifestyle. Completely he's removed detached. himself. He lives in this trailer. He's in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He's you know, the drunken um, black sheep of the group. Yeah. Um, you know, he's that's very much the world that he's living in. He doesn't want to be part of this world. Mm. Um, so I think that that's an interesting way to look at um, this kind of uh, political tension in um, Latinx or other immigration, uh, immigrant communities um, of, of kind of dealing with the persecution that they face every day. Do... Um... Uh, you know, potential... Have you finished the first season? Yes. Yes. Um, and so it's... Has it been renewed or do we not know yet? It has been renewed. Oh, okay. But nice we won't see any more until the beginning of 2020. So we've Gosh. got a little while away. That's in Marvel Phase 4 territory, Jane. <laughs> Sorry. I just have seen a lot of Comic-Con videos lately. I haven't even dealt with any of that. <laughs> well, the Black Widow movie's first on the horizon. Thank fuck for that. I know. Uh, but I do think what I... Uh, 
am liking about the new show is it's something that I was surprised that I missed from the old show. Mm. I think it's a bit of nostalgia, Kyle XY whole history of sure. this. Um, uh, it will make sense. Give me a moment. Yeah. Um, so in the original show of Roswell, when we first meet Max, he's off center. Mm. He's, he's still adjusting to human life and interactions and things like that. It does seem that Liz and Michael have an easier time of just being passing or normal. Do you mean Isabel? Isabel. What was I calling you her? said Liz. Oh yes. Isabel. Um, whereas, um, and, I kind of liked his, the way that he talked, like the way that he structures his sentences and kind of had gaps and would just kind of like rudely stare at people without realizing that's necessarily something you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was always like a strong acting choice or a, low, or a low acting ability at the time. Uh, it reminds me of in Kyle XY, when you have a cloned human being who is you actually see him do things for the first time and, and how he interacts. And, you know, M- Max here has probably had a bit more time than Kyle has. He's not fresh from the tank or the stasis pod. Um, but he, he, I liked, it kind of adds a, um, not a sense of mystery, but a sense of sincerity to him, like a genuine nature um, that I think that uh, as some people might find attractive in a person. Whereas uh, the Michael, you know, 10 years later, uh, who's, you know, been out of the stasis pod for, for ages. Max. What did I say again? Michael. Oh, gosh. Yes. I know what I'm talking about, but that's do, not helping with the podcast. I just want to make sure that everybody else does. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, when Michael is like... Max. Damn it. So when we see Max 10 years later... I mean, not 10 years later, but... Oh, yes. When we see Max, like, who's been through school... An and older version of Max. 10 years later after school, a much older version of Max, he is quite well adjusted. You would never know at all uh, that he wasn't just an ordinary human. Mm. Uh, And I don't know, he was just kind of a little boring. Just a little, like, hot central character dude who is, like, going to sacrifice his secret for someone that he has a crush on and um, I don't know. I would love to tell you that that um, acting that you enjoyed from the original um, was intentional. I'm not convinced it is i think all of those kind of like long kind of staring and and awkwardness i think it's meant to be um how he like feels for liz um oh that's him expressing that's emotion. him that's him no that's him being like i'm so in love with this girl i don't know what to oh, feel about it yeah, no that's not how it read um that's my understanding of it having watched the whole rest of the show <laughs> multiple times right right um and also just you know generally I love him. I love that guy. He's really beautiful. I don't necessarily think he's a great actor. He did better in that one episode of Buffy than he ever did on this TV show. <laughs> yeah, no. That's the thing. I mean, like, I wasn't sure if I... I was like, is this bad acting or is this good acting? No, it's bad acting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, but I was comparing the two Max characters uh, yeah. between the reboot and the original uh, pilot episode. So uh, I also agree. Look, to be honest, Max has never been my favourite character in any version. Well, I mean, like... Because he's a little boring. Uh, Liz is... Oh, I did not like Liz in the... Uh, more, I didn't like her more in the first episode than I didn't like her in the other episode that I saw from you. Yeah, I, I think Liz is also bad. It's it's funny because my favourite character from the original is Isabel. Yes. By far. Easily my fave. I totally get that. The only um, one that I actually relate to. Kate Hudson? 
What? What's her name? Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. No, I remember who Kate Hudson is now. Very different person. Very different person. Daughter of Goldie Horn. Yes. Um, Catherine Heigl, um, who obviously I saw before she was Catherine Heigl. Like, yeah, yeah, you saw her before Grey's Anatomy and all the big exactly. hullabaloo and, and rom-coms. Um, but she was always my favourite um, because I found her to be like really kind of tough on the outside yes. but like really like interesting um, personality. I feel like I haven't haven't connected with this new Isabel mm-hmm. um, even toward the end of the season. I'm still not quite there. I, I keep trying. I keep being like, I want to like you so bad. I'm just not quite there. Yeah, the energy of um, Isabel in in the original, uh, played by Catherine Heigl, is, oh my gosh, definitely there from the get-go. Mm. And the fact that when they're about to, like, leave town, she's, like, putting on spandex, like, mm. leggings for, like, a crazy space alien costume thing. And she's just, like, they're all running away. She's still got, like, a gorgeous, like, silver, ridiculous makeup yeah. on. And, and I think... In the original series, did she kind of mother them a little bit? Um, or she was like, I need to make a decision here. You guys, this isn't the right decision. She was a little bit like um, she didn't have time for their nonsense. Right. Um, whereas I think in this one she kind of she has less of an edge, I mm-hmm. think, in the new mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I miss. I yeah. really miss that kind of hard edge. Um, they gave a bit of edge to Liz. I guess they couldn't share it round. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> kind of everybody else has edge except for Isabel. Um, so, and, and I think the hard part is that, a lot of the original story has Isabel um, being a teenager and moving past that, like, high school is everything kind of phase, whereas I think it's it's interesting that they've done it so that she's the one planning the high school reunion. She still lives in her hometown. She loves this hometown. Oh, that's right, because Max is like, Isabel will kill me if I don't. Exactly. So the... you kind of get the sense that she's one of those people that, like, peaked in high school and hasn't and quite kind moved of... past that. I But I do find that interesting. But is that something that we actually got to see in the first season? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, sort of. Isabel's still being fleshed out. Or you're worried she may never really get fleshed out anymore. I can't say much more without spoiling things. Okay, okay. Um, but I think it's interesting that that generally we have moved into a more adult story, which makes sense. They are adults. Yes, Um, but that being said, we haven't moved into that, um, typical territory where you go like, well, they're adults, they must have all their shit together. I quite like... I feel like we as a society are starting to move past the idea that, you know, by the time you're 21, you should have all of your life sorted. At least after college. All right, I guess not everyone goes to college yet. But yeah, I well, guess. Yeah, but a yeah. lot of people graduate college, 21. you know, yeah. 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Which is not true. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So I kind of, I like the idea that we've got these characters, they'd be 28-ish. Mm-hmm. Um and they're very recognisable to me in terms of where they are in their life. Yeah. So, like, some of them are married, but most of them aren't. Um, some of them have a stable home. Some of them don't. Liz has lost her job because of funding cuts. Michael lives in a trailer. Max, Max never left Roswell. Max never left Roswell. In fact, none, the other three never left Roswell at all. Um, Liz did. She's a person that, like, left town and didn't look back. You know, I feel like they're really recognisable. And I think the shift from taking it from a teen drama to this kind of mid-twenties drama type thing. Um, I think it's an interesting shift in how we as a society view those two things now. Um, It's different. 
to how we used to, or at least how we used to portray things in media. Yes, yes. Not necessarily it, it, how it actually was, but... No, but how 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 adults were portrayed in television mm. shows is very different, especially when uh, teens were either in a show or uh, it was related to a teen show. Mm. Um, adults were very much more of the people who were, you know, harboring and, and, and uh, what's the word? Um... Protecting? Yeah, that kind of thing. Fostering? Uh, yeah, I was going to say fostering, but that didn't quite sound right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I know I, I do really enjoy, like, as a, a, any theme of why I love the shows that I love that seems to be running on this uh, season of the podcast is Kurt likes his characters flawed. Yeah, which like, is okay. Hella flawed. But no, yeah, they're not so... So damaged. Not like mm. last week. We're talking about two characters who are so damaged that marriage should be always off the table. Yeah, uh, or one character, or that they're <laughs> oh, they're both they're both pretty damaged. Yes, but as we've discussed, Logan has evolved and he's changed. He's gone to a psychologist. He's uh, <laughs> one of them is the one that's the problem. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, I think it's like it's they're very. I think they're all pretty complexly drawn. I mean, we haven't seen a lot from Maria yet. Yeah, that's my. Uh, that was my own. The um, drawback is that uh, Maria was instantly a contagious character for me when I saw her in the original show. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was just jumping into an episode or in the first episode, very frustrating that she tells her straight away. Uh, but also, I, I guess, like teenage girls, is this something you do? You don't keep secrets from each other? Uh, I mean, people keep secrets. It's an alien secret. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it could have waited an episode or two. Yeah. Straight away, don't I guess. Don't worry, it'll wait like a whole fucking season before they tell Alex. Oh, so. gosh. I know. I, I think I might stick with a new one. We'll see how we go. I didn't mind some of the old stuff, actually. Um, I, I, I did enjoy, actually, uh, that the um, the burger names and drinks and stuff was very um, more fun. Like, they still have that here, but it's... Is it is it less, like... Because they don't even make references which version? to from. Uh, in the original version, it's like the Will Smith burger or the Sigourney Weaver... They, uh, did, they, they, they did use that they in the new one. the Men in Black something and the so-and-so something else. And I was just like, oh, it was a small detail, but in fact, like, you know, this is a very famous character from an, an older mm. science fiction movie and another famous character from a 90s science fiction movie, whereas they're maybe just, like, more broad terms here that more people would maybe be able to take in. They definitely, she definitely referred in the new one to sweet potato scully fries. I don't get what that is. Sweet potato fries. Sweet potato scully fries. Oh, scully fries. I thought it was like scully. No, scully. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. It is there. It's just, it's, I think in a way it's better because they're not like, Poke, poke, look at how clever Yeah, yeah, they, they're not hanging a lamp. It's more it. of a, like, uh, throwaway line. Yeah, I, I guess you don't have people with alien masks in the Crashdown mm. Cafe, which is like, maybe a step up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting to see just how the same diner was represented, even mm-hmm. though it's, it's very similar, but just, like, you know, the kind of people that were in there. You know, we have a podcaster in there, or we have, like, alien hunters, because it was more around the time where conspiracy hunting was such a big um, movement, mm. uh, especially at that time in America. So it's, um, it's interesting to see how you have was something that we talked about a lot last week on the Revival Return show, when you have the aged up characters returning to an original setting, but this is a complete reboot. Mm. Um, but if you compare the two shows, they're not the same character. They are the same character. <sighs> they're not quite the same characters. I think they're all different enough yeah. that I feel that this is 
not the same show. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't look at this and go like, I mean, aside from the fact that I miss my old Isabel, but that's just because I miss my old Isabel. Um, I don't sit there and go like, well, the well, Max would never do that yeah. because it's not, it's different. It's different They're different people. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, I think most of them are improved. In particular, I just, I'm really glad that they fixed Liz. Um, yes, my gosh. If I, 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 the only reason why I think I wouldn't really continue more because I, I do, there is some nostalgia aspect to seeing certain actors mm. who you knew at a certain time and then seeing them so much younger and, and yeah. in a different kind of context. And uh, it's got that weird sci-fi element, like, you know, when um, Max in the original um, series shows Isabel, no, shows Liz. Gosh, I thought I was going to do better with the names this time. I mean, Liz, Isabel, Max and Michael, they're all quite similar okay. names. Uh, you know, I can change molecules. And it's like, what does that mean? I know, it's so vague. <laughs> it's just like, I can do anything. And I'm so like, vague. dude, you just ruined someone's clay art sculpture. No, he fixed he it. Fixed it. Then he fixed it. But I was just like, it was very much, we don't need to explain how these things work. It just does everything. Yes. Um, and that's a, that's like a staple of the original series where they like set rules and then like break, break rules them. all the time and don't explain it. And uh, the continuity in that show was terrible. I, I do appreciate at least Smallville had very strong continuity with superpowers because it had, you know, what, 50 years of comics to draw on. Mm. <laughs> uh, it remained consistent with at least how those were developed. One thing I did find uh, interesting, though, is... They had a different kind of appetite, didn't they? Uh, in the original series, or yes. they drank different they, things. They were um, they liked really salty and really sweet things. Okay, um, so one thing that I liked in the new one. When she, Isabel was coming to Max's aid, did she give him a bottle of nail polish remover? Yes, she did. <laughs> yes. They they need to drink nail polish remover when they are unwell. So is it like um like electrolytes or something for them? Like kind of like a recharge? I think so. They, they, like they don't explain it like really closely, but we know that that's a thing. They, they do mention it at least. They do mention okay. it. And, and later on down the line, somebody mentions that they were like bottles upon bottles of nail polish remover in someone's house. <laughs> And you're like, yes, um, that would be concerning if you suddenly found that. Um, yeah, no, but I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this is 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 shaping around the show because for someone who wasn't really interested in the old one, didn't have the nostalgia aspect of the old one, I didn't need that to be interested in the new one. I don't think you do. No, no, because that's strong... what reboots are. They're trying to recreate it for a whole new audience. I think it's strong enough to stand on its own two legs. In fact, I think conceptually it's stronger. Yes. I think conceptually it's, um, I think the idea of, of putting it alongside this heavy-handed but, like, relevant metaphor, mm -hmm. um, I think the idea that you've got... Um, Kind and 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 they play with otherness in so many ways. They play with it um, in the in the immigration plotline. They play with it in the fact that we've got gay and bisexual characters. We play with it um, in terms of you know Alex uh, is a disabled character. Mm -hmm. He's obviously missing a missing half a leg at least. Mm -hmm. um, so you know I think it's interesting that we 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 constantly play with the ideas of um, who they are, what they are, and how they relate to the society around them. I think conceptually it's stronger. I think acting wise it's stronger. I think. Oh, um, definitely. I mean, like I don't dislike Max's acting. Uh, I did sneak up into the second episode. I got halfway through it before I had to leave the house this morning. Um, but you know, I even the dynamic between him and his uh, partner or other police person, oh, yeah. that was a fun, interesting dynamic. And I was like, that was more natural than what we were forcing with Maria and Liz here. I'm sure maybe I'll get a better interaction with them, but just in the first episode, it was just like, oh, tequila shots. Oh, hey, this is your favorite song. Let's dance now. Yeah, I think I want I want a little bit more from um, 
Liz and Maria. But I also think it's it's interesting that we don't go super duper close with any of those external friendships in the way that you would in a teen drama because I think it's I think when you're older. When you're a little bit older and you've been away for 10 years, it's hard to jump back in and suddenly be bestie besties with somebody. Um, for a moment, for a day, for for an event. But then if you stick around, exactly. you're not used to being around each other exactly. all the time. You can't maintain that level of excitement and enthusiasm because that's not what you are all the time. Mm. So I think, I think that they do a lot of that stuff really realistically. And... Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really strong and I think it's taken an initial concept, recontextualized it for the current day and made it better. Just polish. Just it's a little polished. bit more polished. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally polished and um well, maybe not totally, but well, pretty polished. Yeah. I mean, polished more than it was. Yeah. yeah. Um and I like it in the it's polished in terms of um its execution but it's also a little bit less polished in terms of its, its aesthetic yeah it's less bright it's less colorful it's less 2001 it's <laughs> less, sorry 1999 it's but i i i, I kind of miss that but i don't because I don't really know too much about the whole Roswell conspiracy anyway. I mean, so so what actually happened? Was it just people in 1947 thought that it could have been like, what, a meteorite or it's, a, it's a fallen the, satellite? The story is that it's a weather balloon. Oh, um, that's where that originally came from. Yeah, the idea is that the, there was something that crashed. People saw it. It definitely crashed. Something definitely crashed. Somebody saw the, like, wreckage and, like, of the weather balloon and went to have a look at it and then the the army, there's an army base in the town yeah, yeah, yeah. and they got heavily involved in like the so-called like cleanup of that, which I think became confused. F- well, it, it, it can be considered like a cover up. Um, and, and, and then there's, you know, just blowing up other bits and pieces and, and people have taken things out of context or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. No, but thank you for that, for that little bit. Cause I mean, that, that, that definitely helps because I, I knew there was, you know, an alien conspiracy where the balloon like cover up that was talked about, but I didn't know that that was Roswell. I didn't yes. realize that was the Roswell crash. That's kind of the initial, the first time everyone, anyone's ever like, it's just a weather balloon. Yeah. Um, when people try and think that it's, um, UFOs, but Yeah. Um, so, uh, one thing that I definitely didn't like about, uh, the reboot, uh, was, uh, so I looked up his name because I, I always call him Tyler from Vampire Diaries. Yes. Um, Michael Trevino's character. I liked his character a lot. Um, what I didn't, like, he had a really fun moment with Liz when they're hooking up in the car and he's like, wait, are you just, she's like, yeah, this is a really bad idea. I'm just like, are you just, you. She's like, yeah, I'm kind of using it. He's like, no, use me, use me. Use no, me, yeah, use yeah, me. Yeah, go, 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 go for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it's uh, then, you know, he's like, if my my dad said if I ever saw the handprint to call you. Yeah. And then, like, this secret sergeant just shows him it's everything. J- that's Alex's dad, by the way. That's Alex's dad. Alex, as in Michael's something. Um, the The guy with the crutches oh oh that's his dad oh oh okay yeah but still why is he just showing this this kid like secrets upon secrets i'm just like oh yeah your dad was involved in this but uh does he have no one else like is he alone in this conspiracy hunting for the whole alien ship why don't you just show him everything he doesn't have clearance he's just a doctor that's a spoil I can't discuss further with you. Okay, sorry. It just it just seemed jarring to me. This more totally realistic setting yeah. in the first episode that all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, it was a cover up. Yeah. Uh, here you go. I don't uh, disagree with here you. Here are the confidential files. 
Totally don't disagree with you. It does seem very quick. One thing I do, one thing I appreciate appreciate about this show is that um, it pretty much like jumps right in and is like, by the way, everyone, we're doing crazy alien conspiracy shit right from the beginning. And I think that this was that this was kind of the way for them to just get it out of the way. Just kind of be like, yep, this is what we're doing. Um, and, Up to speed. Yeah. And I don't. And I think they're necessarily. And I think this was kind of a clunky way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I can appreciate what that turns into for the rest of the series. I think we found uh, a very clear evidence of why we are big proponents of not always using pilots, not using first episodes exactly. of shows. Even just, I got halfway into the second episode and I was more engaged with some of the characters than the others. Totally. It's uh, just, it's hard to get all of that shit out of the way. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with a sci-fi element. Mm. Um, it is, it is sometimes uh, difficult to bring people up to speed, but gosh, Battlestar Galactica did it so well. Yes. But that was a, I mean, it also started off in like a little mini series movie. Yes. Which took like take what three hours to watch the whole thing uh, at least yeah yeah um and uh i i was recently and that was also it. slow to start it was it, that was slow to start so the first episode they did they kind of cheated <laughs> but, but i mean you could watch do you think you could watch uh the first episode and not be um i did you didn't see the miniseries first wait i definitely saw the miniseries first and then started watching the show um, I don't rem- remember. No, I think I saw. I think I saw the first episode first. Water. Yeah, fantastic first episode. I mean, you kind of get. Is water the first episode? I'm pretty sure it or is. Or is 33 the first episode? Oh, I, I think 33 is the first. 33, and then water is the second episode. I saw water first because I remember. Um, Good I was, first episode. I was like, um, "What's happening with Sharon? I don't understand. Like, who is she? <laughs> what, like, what? What kind of a?" thing is she mm. i didn't know what the silence were and that kind of thing and then i must have gone back and what i, I think that's how it happened i can't remember mm. anyway it's not important um but uh it's uh it's yeah so sometimes those clunky exposition elements can get in the way of you enjoying the show mm. but at least like even though it was not required for this podcast i was already getting into it and wanting to see the second episode granted maybe because i want to see a little bit more of michael and so wait so alex in this show is completely different Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he's not Colin Hanks for starters. Um, yeah. Mo- yeah. He's a very, very. I didn't realize character. that was meant to be the same character because it's not. It's not. not <laughs> it's just even, the same name. Not even close. Like there's nothing similar about the two of them. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Just the same name and not even the same last name. Yeah. Um. I I did like the fact that I mean like. You know, you, you've got these little elements of, like, someone who's very out in the open with whatever he is and who he is and how he is, Michael, but he's also like, I'm an alien, I'm not going to tell anyone, yeah. but I'm still not going to let that, like, shy away from the shadows. No, I think he he's open about how different he is. Mm. Um, and he was very much like that in the original series, wasn't he? Or yes. was he just more of a loose cannon? Um, I guess that's what he is in this in this one as well. He was more of a loose cannon. He was more of, like, an angry... Um, angry at the world kid. A little bit of a delinquent. A little bit of a delinquent. Whereas in this one, he's just more of an outcast than a delinquent. Who enjoys drinking. Who also enjoys drinking. Which is fine. Yeah. Just don't get thrown in jail every night. Or if you do, just don't use your powers, try and break yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) I turn the cameras off. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I think, um, I think it's, it's a very different twist on the Alex character. Um, but I understand why you'd be wanting to see a lot more of their dynamic. No, cause it's interesting. Cause I mean, you've got, uh, this is in a world that is, uh, post, you know, don't ask, don't tell. 
Um, you know, and so uh, how that works with military characters and also when you've got um, someone who at a later stage of their life seems like he's not comfortable with people knowing how he feels about certain people. Um, like the whole Macon session at the end of the first episode between Michael and Alex was behind in a very secluded place where other people weren't behind all these streamers. And mm. he's had a comment, uh, wayward comment to who's like, Oh, you know, you're a man's man now and looking over at his uh, Alex's father across mm. the way. Um, so I, I, I do find that interesting because coming out stories in, in teen life, in high school, uh, younger, Great, cool, awesome. People of different ages, whatever, different stories. But a coming out story later in life is something that I think is very important um, to be shown on television. Uh, that's why I'm so glad about uh, Cucumber Banana Tofu, mm -hmm. uh, the three-way series, uh, and uh, Cucumber, the 40-minute length uh, one where the intertwining um, is centered around a you know, 40 year old or 50 year old gay man. Uh, and what's that like living life at like at that stage, but to see someone who's just like comfortable and kind of who he is and feels like he's assured, but completely removed from mm. that aspect of openness or, um, acceptance, mm. um, probably towards themselves. It, it is interesting to see because, uh, you know, we just see a lot of it in high school. Yeah. Um, um and... just, just, just so very little bit of context, Alex isn't so much in the closet as he is just, uncomfortable with being open about it. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like he's not, it's not that it's a secret, but he doesn't like to like broadcast it, broadcast it. He doesn't act gay. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, yeah, I yeah. say that in, no, in yeah, comments, yeah, no, you know. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I think again, this of, is whole passing. Yeah. Like think, that, that's I a whole he's mentality. he got a lot of internalized homophobia. That's, that's a big part of the queer community. I mean, like, especially with trans characters in terms of passing for the other gender without mm. having to be dragged up at, um, airports in terms of gender on, mm. um, uh, passports and things like that. Or, um, in regards to, um, even amongst the gay community when, you know, sometimes people find themselves constantly coming out if they're passing i'm saying mm. with air quotes or not as effeminate people might assume that you were just straight and mm. that means you're kind of constantly in a stage where you're coming out to people in every new environment that you're exposed to no matter yeah. how you are in life even though you might be perfectly i'm not in the closet it's just a little bit ajar exactly <laughs> um because yeah. uh what i ha can find this is definitely not the case for everyone you know everyone is very different and everyone is on their own journey and power to you for being comfortable in who you are. If this is something that you can relate to, but it's, uh, something that I've found with, uh, people who are more passing for straight, um, who come off more masculine or less, um, out there with their gestures. You know, I'm so clearly gay to a lot of people. Uh, you know, sometimes if I don't open I my mouth. I certainly wasn't confused when I met you. <laughs> if sometimes if I don't open my mouth, I, I might lose them for a second, but it depends on what I'm wearing. If I'm wearing heels or dress or, or leggings and the, it changes the way I walk. I know, I know. Some There have been some people who have been surprised. Really? Yeah, I, 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 look, I, I do blame them. But, <laughs> but the thing is, for someone like me, uh, who's more out and open about it and like a uh, similar way that Michael is just like, whatever, I don't care. This is who I am. Um, you're not caught in that stage, uh, of, uh, needing to kind of go through that mini pain or mini, um, yeah. frustration again and again. Interestingly, a lot of people don't know that Michael is gay and is bi in the show. Interesting. But that being said, when he like quote unquote comes out, he's just like, well, yeah, I'm bi. Like, what about it? So like, it's not, it's a non-issue. It's a non-issue for yeah, him. Yeah. And then, and he expects it to be a non-issue for everyone else. So it's sort of, um, yeah, it's not that he 
hasn't come out. It's just that he sort of hasn't really felt the need to because, yeah. like, who cares? Exactly. So I can find myself more in a situation where I don't have to come out to people mm. very often because I'll just be like, oh, gay. I mean, like, you know, I might not be gay. I might be bi. Or there's a lot of effeminate a, a um, straight men who have worked in theatre. <laughs> Definitely known that. Um, uh, and so, you know, it, it's, it's nice to um, see those two different types of um queer represented people yeah um especially oh my gosh bisexuality just more of it please yes i think Um, absolutely yeah i mean like because coming from a a place uh myself like i was even afraid of dating a bisexual person uh, Mm. for a long time and that was my own internalized like fears really in terms of oh too much competition it's like oh no they're probably more into you because they've chosen you for their just the personality, not just the body. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's all these silly little hang-ups. But, uh, yeah, no, so it's it's going to be interesting uh, for me to actually... Uh, I'm definitely going to keep watching the show to uh, get to know a little bit more Great. about those two dynamics. Wow, completely different character. I did not connect that that was Alex at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You don't have to. Um, did you recognise Rosa? Rosa? Yeah. You know the little the scenes that we see with Liz in like the flashbacks of Liz's sister, Rosa. She looks no. Did you recognize her? <laughs> no. Huh. that's a shame for you. Who is she? She's Carrie from um that show Carrie and Carrie, like the <sighs> that show that you like and I don't love that much. Carrie and Carrie. Yes. Like, he's the old man and she's the young man, but they're the same person. They share a body sometimes. You know? What? The comic book show, Legion. Oh. Wait, what? Uh, oh. <laughs> I love your realisation noises. <laughs> There's certainly stages, isn't there? There's like, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm so behind on that show. Me too, but I recognise Carrie. That's who she is. There we go. Like, I knew she was in the show, and then we were like, oh, she's an old man, she's the young person sometimes. That's a very confusing, <laughs> that's a very confusing You know, statement. the old man, the young woman who are the same person. <laughs> um, yeah, I lost steam on that halfway through season two. I, I'm excited to go back because season three sounds interesting, and I think they're finishing it off after season yeah. three, yeah. which I think they probably should um, before it doesn't, isn't as good. But, um, yeah, no, I am... Um, is there anything that you particularly enjoyed that you haven't mentioned uh, about the reboot or something that you missed aside from Catherine Heigl um, <laughs> uh, about the um, original series? Um, no, I think it's it's tricky because, you know, teen drama is my life. So I wasn't too sure if I was going to enjoy this given that it was removed from a teenage setting. Mm. But I have I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed watching um characters who are at a very similar stage of life to where I am right now mm. and be recognisable as such Yeah. Um, to see, you know, I've, I said this before, earlier, but, you know, characters who are, you know, in the middle, you know, early in careers mm. or um, still working it out or, you know, that. Just running that, away from problems. Running away from problems. <laughs> I find that really interesting. And then to be able to put that in with the sci-fi element, um, which is way more cuckoo bananas than in the original show. Like, mm. they just go all out. <laughs> I, I do like that I did get a little bit in the second episode, a bit more from Isabel um, in terms of, you know, she looks, she's protecting her family. She looks into Liz and she's like, hey, you just bolted on your fiancé. 
Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And so in the first episode, I was like, why is she coming here? She obviously doesn't want to go to the 10-year high school reunion. But then she's like, oh, lost funding. And I was like, oh, okay. So what, does she just lose all her money and then now has to live with her dad? She didn't seem like a casual visit. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I felt the same. I was like, is this just so you're in between jobs and you're coming home to see your dad for a bit? But it wasn't until the second episode where it was like, Oh, you legit just bolted on your fiancé because I don't think you you were in love with him. Yeah, right. Um, I see. I totally forgot about that. And so that was a part of her being like, really? Mm. You you care about these people? You Mm. care about him? You'll keep his secret? You just bolted on everything? You ran away from all that? What's to stop you from running away from all this? I think one thing that I'm missing that I would like to see stronger is um, the bond between Michael, Max, and Isabel. Right, yeah. I feel like I'm missing that kind of relationship between the three of them a little bit. The thing is, though, I mean, what we've been talking about, like, yes, we should see that, and I think it is important for that to be in the show, especially because they're aliens, uh, and they do have a bond because there's no one else like them, or at least they think there's no one else like them. Think about sibling relationships in when you're all living together, or mm. think about sibling relationships in high school, and then add 10 years to that. Yeah, but but it's it's not it's it's, it's, it's a different. It's, they all live yeah. in the same town. Yeah, I just I th- I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, um, but, but I I think I'm trying to like give them too much credit. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's ne- that's what they're going for. Um, mm. I think it's although in some ways it is. I think it might be stronger in season two. I think what I'm looking for, I will find next season. You often do find what you're looking for in season for two. For reasons. <laughs> that you cannot mention. That I cannot tell you. <laughs> Anybody listening at home might know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll get it. I, I did enjoy the five second scene we had with uh, uh, Isabel and her husband Noah. Yeah. Is he an entertaining character? Is he barely in it? I just like the fact that she mentioned, she's like, I have a husband of 10 years mm. and it is killing me that I cannot tell him, but mm. I keep the secret to protect us, to protect all of us. Yes. He can never know. Yes. Which is makes Max seem like a total douche here. Cause it's like, I know. you guys haven't even kissed. I know. You've just been what in love with her since you were six, but she's been married to someone for 10 years and gone through the rocky roads of peaks and troughs of a relationship of a marriage. And she's still kept it all inside. Mm. Um, I do like, that strength. Yes. Uh, but I mean, Isabel is always meant to be a strong character, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, but so it's, I'm curious to see what she's like when she's not dealing with alien drama. Mm. Like, you know, what she's like with around potential ex high school people or something else like that. Um, I, I kind of don't care what happened to the sister. But I also like kind of feel I like I know. I think it's, um, it's kind of obvious well yes and no okay yeah it this mystery seems like it's going to be really boring for the first while in the season and then but again they do quite well in terms of they don't string it out quite like until like the very end of the season like we get lots of like bits and pieces in the lead up and and you know then we think we've got it but then maybe we don't and that Mm. kind of thing so um but also i think they actually handle that mystery quite well that's a that's a really uh nice point to draw in in terms of like another another darker element of the show that they brought in that has not gotten as much representation in uh, media is uh parents of um uh, kids who have committed crimes or been a result of uh, drink driving or something mm. like that. When you see Liz go to 
her, like, you know, the cross is by the side of the road and the third one there is her sister that's been knocked down. Mm. It is brutal when mm. she is putting that rock back in place and digging the dirt up around it. I, I'm getting goosebumps now, actually, just thinking about yeah. it. She is a good actor. She is. She's that amazing. Was, that was a, oh, gosh. That, these goosebumps are really intense right now. <laughs> um, just, you know, hair's definitely sticking up on the ends. You can see that. I can see that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm a very feeling person. Uh, no, I yeah, just... Um, and, and, you know, how her father is still in this town. There are some people who... Would, fucking shoot at him at mm. his restaurant and you know look down on him but he's like this that is that what you remember is that what you think that i am all reminded about when i hear i think of all the good times all the amazing things that i got to see your sister do around here or what happened there and it's like it it even though i know we won't get to spend a lot more time with liz's dad because he's not one of the central adults of the show uh it's 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 good to see that that's an aspect that this show is willing to look into because there are lots of towns where uh, kids make mistakes when they're younger and their parents are blamed for it um, because they're, they're the only person left to blame. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that develops. Um, I'm probably more interested in his reaction, his relationship with Liz than I am in the mystery of what happened to the sister. But, um, you know, little, little things of, um, their heritage, like the, um, the photo wall in terms of keeping their memory alive and, and, uh, things like that. I mean, I did see, what's it called? Coco, um, recently. Oh, right. Um, heartwarming movie. I've heard. Lovely. Beautiful animation. Music. It's pretty good. Um, if you like that kind of genre of music, I'm sure you'd like it a lot more. But, um, you know, there's an element of, uh, you know, you, you can, um, on the Day of the Dead, you can pass for one moment into the land of the living, mm-hmm. uh, but only as long as a uh, photo of you is still being held up in place. Yeah, um, right. And so I was just learning a little bit more about um, different heritages and cultures, as you will hopefully see on Altered Carbon probably next season. Great. Oh, she said that with such enthusiasm. Um yeah. Anyway, we should yeah. wrap this up. Yeah, I think so. What has been in your eye this week, Jane? In my eye is a Netflix series. Called... Oh wait, before we do. Oh yes. This show does done this in probably a, a a quite better way. What about Charmed? Yeah. Um. Because <laughs> that happened this year as well, right? Yeah, that started last year, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I got about halfway through Charmed. <sighs> Don't have to elaborate too much on it. Just in terms of how yeah. a show that had, you know that was that was not like a three season show. That show went on for a long time. Was it eight seasons? Yes, I think like um, definitely around that ballpark. And uh, you know, has a very special place in certain people's hearts. A mm. lot of strong nostalgic element. What do you think? Do you think that there was no need to do a reboot, and they didn't find uh, contextual? Uh, I don't. I relevance. Don't, yes, I think that's kind of it. I don't think that they necessarily found. I think they tried to like slap on some like um, different elements to it, so they you know they decided to make the cast more diverse, which I really applaud. But they didn't necessarily make that inherent to the story. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, that's not enough. Yeah, you can't um, just. Like, when you write into the character who they are, not just because of what they look like, mm. is, is, is is quite important because, you know, it 
it gives you more exposure about different types of people and different upbringings and, and yeah, who they are. Totally. And different um, experiences. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they made that integral to the plot enough to make it worthwhile. Um, not, sorry, not worthwhile. It's always worthwhile to include diverse casts. Um, but I just wish that they had done it in a more meaningful fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think tonally it's not that different. Tonally it's very similar. Um, it's sort of like, um, you know how we've talked in the past about how, like, there was quality back then and then there's quality now. But that's... And so, like, it was, it's the same... It's on the same scale of quality as it used to be, which means it's better than it used to be, but also compared yep. to all the TV that's out now, yeah, yeah. it's about at the same scale. Yeah, it's about at the same level of, like, corny episodes of Stargate. Um, well, maybe not Stargate. No, it's, it's, it's like if, if we looked... I get what you're saying. I'm just throwing up with a bad analogy. Yeah, Stargate's not a good thing because that's back then. But, like, you know, if if Charmed was, say, between um, it was above Smallville back then, but it was below Buffy, mm-hmm. um, now it would be above The Flash but below probably Roswell in terms of its mm, quality. Mm. And I consider those to be equal on the scale of the content that's out at those two different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, therefore I don't think it's actually improved enough to make me want to watch it anymore. It's, it's unfortunate the way the Flash panned out. Maybe I should, like, get back into it. They just kept repeating the same plot line yeah. every season. Also, like, they were really, really, really unsubtle with all of their dialogue and I just couldn't deal with it. <laughs> A little bit of subtlety. But anyway, um, so that's... Um, that's sort of how I feel about Charmed. I wish I wanted a lot more out of the Charmed reboot. They didn't reinvent it enough. I don't think they reinvented it enough. I think they went like, people want that same tone, that same content, that same um, story without going like, yes, but what makes it, what what is it about that that people loved that we can bring into now and what can we throw out? I don't think they threw enough out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like... Uh, and they just tried to be, like, super, like, on-the-surface woke about it all. It was really annoying. Mm. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think One Day at a Time was so successful, which is frustrating that it got cancelled only after two seasons. Is it coming back? Wait, I think I so. I it got cancelled after the second season. It did, but then... They came back! Jane's giving me hope. Uh, yeah, One Day at a Time, season four, saved by Pop TV. <gasps> Damn you, Netflix! <laughs> As of today? <laughs> that's new but i thought i already knew that <laughs> i thought i knew that a little while ago anyway jane's memory aside uh, i really enjoy it because one day at a time completely reinvented uh the um, family dynamic of the show the representation of the show the themes that it was dealing with with um you know uh, a, a veteran and um and you know a uh lesbian coming out quinceanera and it's uh and and an aging grandmother who's like still has a sexual appeal because she played anita in the role of Mm. uh west side story and i was just like this this is a reboot it didn't even feel like a reboot yeah you know yeah like it, it was so new and so different but i guess like when you reboot a show and change it that much, it's almost a completely different show. Yeah. Um, I think there's a good balance to be found, and I feel like Roswell New Mexico kind of found yeah, that. Yeah, because they changed things up. They gave things different contexts. It makes it a little bit more believable when these adults dealing with alien problems as opposed to teenagers dealing with alien problems. But I still feel that same feeling of there are outsiders in this in this world and they're trying to deal with um, 
with not belonging and and having secrets and also there's alien conspiracy shit. It wasn't as strong in the first episode of the reboot, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to see how that goes a little bit more because obviously like the outsider element of it in the original series, when you're a teenager, everything is amplified and yes. also the dynamics are physically there and like groups of tables and who they sit I together I think once with. we see more, um, interactions with other characters. Yes. Cause mostly um, I've only seen them interact with each other and Liz. Yeah. So I think once you get a little bit more kind of, um, the stuff, Isabella and Noah and, um, Max and his partner at work and that kind of thing. I mean, the outsider, the outsider plot is definitely less important than it was initially because they've st- learned to be human yeah a bit more but and also they're not you know angsty teens <laughs> uh so yeah i think it's i think it's strong compared to a lot of recent versions there's lots of other fabulous reboots we talked a lot about um Battlestar Galactica obviously being one of the strongest oh yes um but yeah a reboot is tricky um and i think it needs to be done for the right reasons and with the right intention um and not just go like, let's make a woke version of something. Mm. Um, you got to do it right. Yeah, you got to have a reason maybe for doing it other than money. Oh, of course you have to have a reason for doing it other than money. You have to be able to look at the story and go like, I can see there's still value in that story, but I can bring something new to it because of what's happening in today's society. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's where you should come at it, really. Not just like, oh, we better make a property out of this because we're going to lose the rights otherwise. Which could be why they did Rosal in New Mexico. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if, well it's, if it's done by the CW, it could be that they were going to lose the rights and wanted to make another version, but they've still done a good job of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Party of Five reboot. That'll be exciting. Um, I'm interested to see if the Buffy reboot goes ahead and what that'll be like. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not gonna. Well, it's not even going to be really a Buffy reboot. It's just going to be another vampire slayer in I a high school? I think they decided it was going to be in the Buffy world, but with a different character. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of back and forth about it. It's time to meet a new slayer is basically what they're saying. So it's not the character isn't going to be Buffy. Basically, they've said, like, there's only one Buffy. There's only one Buffy, one Xander, one Willow. Like, they're never going to try and recreate that show as it was. Yeah, I mean, you, um, can't, you can't copy that chemistry and have direct comparisons between those dynamics. Exactly. So they, I think the idea is that they're taking either the world as it already exists um, which I think would be tricky considering what they did to the world at It'd the end be, of that yeah. series. Maybe a, um, like at an earlier point of time. Possibly. Um, It'd be interesting to see if it was a 90s show. Uh, it won't be a 90s show. Damn it. No. That'd be fun. Um, and that's going to be run by Monica Owusu-Breen, which I'm really excited about. Um, she has been writing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a number of years. Right, 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 right. Um, and she's a black female writer who's going to be writing a black female character, which is exciting for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's – so there's, you know, reboots are can be dodge. Um, <laughs> but they, they can, can be, be risky. But, you know, if they're done well, they can pay off really nicely and there can be, you know, I watch this and um, I'm able to enjoy it separate to the original Roswell, but mm. also there's enough there that brought me into it. So Yeah, and, and and like we saw also in One Day at a Time, like they when a show is rebooted and reinvented in a certain way that it's trying to say something really of, of value and substance to its audiences and bring in other people to it to entertain them and to educate them. Uh it's it's it can be more meaningful sometimes than just original series that are still getting the feet off the ground and forget what they're trying to say or don't have as clear as a vision because they're hopefully the writers and creators and producers have been working on 
really giving it value and, and substance with its uh, theme and some content and representation, I suppose, hmm. um, of uh, what's actually being talked about uh, on the show and what they're really showing their audiences because, gosh, it's nice to just see different types of people on TV shows. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, okay, we probably need to wrap this up. So yeah, quickly, so, what's in your eye? Um, so what's been in my eye this week Oh, that's right. I was going first. What's been in your eye this week, Jane? Uh, a Netflix show. Yes. <laughs> called Trinkets. Yes. Um, which is about three young teenage girls who meet in a Shoplifters Anonymous um, meeting. Okay. And um, basically form a fabulous friendship. Oh, I like that. Um, it's really great. It's really sweet. What um, age are these people? Well, they're teenagers. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, and... Just think it's that's quite young to be going to anonymous group. I guess for that kind of thing. I think they're all there like mandated by yeah, yeah. court or family. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's a really, really fun show. It's brief, it's only like six or seven six or eight episodes. Um I got through it in a day. Mm. Um it's gal pal friendship, which I really enjoy. <laughs> yes, and do. just generally, yeah, recommended. Uh so I haven't exactly been watching this. I started and then I fell asleep because it was late. Um, but did you not see the new Katie Sackhoff show advertised on Netflix? No, I did not. Um, it's a sci-fi show and Katie Sackhoff is the star of it. Great. Um, who, What's it if, called? It's called Another Life. Okay. Um, and uh, so uh, I I only just got through the exposition and the introduction of the episode, so sure. I'm not too far in it. But what was fun about it is that the trailer on, like, you know, the Netflix homepage interface, uh, it wasn't giving me a teaser trailer. It was just Katie Sackhoff walking us around the set mm-hmm. whilst people were rehearsing. And then they were just, she's like, this is where he likes to do this. And this is where, you know, we fight aliens. Or this is, yeah, this is actually quite interesting because these are these packs. And I think I've got a couple at home. And like, it was just nice to see the cast and like in crew just there actually doing their thing and having fun. And I didn't realize she was such a smiley person because she doesn't, well, she does smile quite a bit on Battlestar Galactica, but she's such a hard ass in Battlestar Galactica. Um, And uh, it's interesting because it seems, I'm not sure really what the dynamic of the show is. Uh, The introduction, the premise is that an alien, uh, unidentified object just lands itself on, on the planet and what does it mean? Great. Don't know. Great. I'm guessing they're going to fight aliens at some point. Great. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm not too sure because it seems like everyone is, is not at all. I'm not sure if there's going to be a time jump or something like that, because it looked like that she was just like a high school teacher or just like an everyday kind of person, just in a nice dress. And I was just like, gosh, I haven't seen you in anything like this before. <laughs> uh, so... I love Katie Sackhoff. I played the Mass Effect video games always the second time through recreating the character of Starbuck. And I like to think of what if a Battlestar Galactic was out there trying to find a different habitable planet. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this show because it all came out and I really wanted to watch it. But uh, Roswell came first. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, I'm curious to see where it will go. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I think that brings us to the end. I'm sorry, this went on, I think, quite a bit longer than the last one. So, um, how bad? Oh, sorry. Uh, But you could rate, review, or subscribe. You could. That would be very helpful. Put a smile on our faces. Absolutely. And boost us up in the ratings so that more people can find us. That'd be nice. Um, Otherwise, you can come find us um, at Major Look Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or you can email us um, at jacarandamedia at outlook.com. 
I will put that email address in the show notes so that I don't have to spell it out every time. Um, yeah, no, please give us any recommendations or any feedback in terms of if you like the show or anything we could do differently because we'd love to hear from you. Or just talk at us. Like, if you just want to talk about whatever TV show that we've discussed and tell us we were wrong or tell us how much you agree with us, whatever it may be, mm. we're here to chat. Um Someone like, said You're the Worst was one of their favourite shows and Jane definitely did not like it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but that's fine. We'll that's find okay. out why. We lo- And I love it We because we, we're both talking about shows that we love on one side at least, if not both, and uh, we'll definitely relate to you if you're the, the one of the shows that you love as well. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please come back next week and we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Sorry, I didn't like that clap. Okay, that's all right. Warm it up. (laughs) That was really loud. Hi, everyone. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. I'm really good at clapping. Kurt, then we have to start again. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Hi there. My (laughs) name... The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.